The Anton Savage Show with Nifty Business on News Talk. So you get a diploma in journalism, you get a bachelor's degree in philosophy, um, a master's degree in uh, psychoanalytic studies from Trinity College Dublin. Then you decide, well, the obvious thing you do when you are this academically qualified is you start robbing banks and you become one of the most successful bank robbers in Irish history, depending on how you measure it. Because, and uh, I, the reason I'm, I'm telling you all this is John O'Hegarty, the man in question, is with me. He's with me with Kevin Doyle from the Irish Independent because Kevin Doyle has done the Irish Independent's True Crime podcast with John O'Hegarty. John, I'm I'm looking at this in terms of how um, prolific you were rather than net amount of money stolen. You did several banks, did you not? I did. I think the uh, final tally was about 16. You robbed 16 banks and the first one that you robbed, you robbed with a note. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, I robbed with a note. And uh, that's how the podcast name came about. What What did the note say? The note said, I'm not here to hurt you or anybody else in the bank. Fill the bag with X amount of money or with the money and I'll be gone in 60 seconds. Um, and this, that, that was it. And they did it? And they did it, yeah. Did you have a weapon at this? I had a, t- a toy gun. I had a toy gun. <laughs> <laughs> but it looked sufficiently it looked realistic they were willing to hand it over. Yeah, I suppose... Uh, as difficult as it, it, it sounds, um, I was I was trying to I was trying to do it with as as little impact as possible. Um, it was a flash of a gun. It was a flash of an imitation gun. Uh, they didn't know any better. Um, so yeah, yeah. So that became the title of the podcast. How did you come across for the podcast? I'm not here to hurt you. How did you come across John and his story, Kevin? Yeah, it's quite interesting. We got an email, as often happens in the newsrooms. As you know, Anton, you get emails all day, every day, and they always promise you a great story. And 99.9% of them don't amount to a whole lot. Um, But in this case, a friend of John's had emailed somebody in the Irish Independent from Belgium. And she was a lady from Belgium that John had met while he was in college over there many decades ago, suggesting that this man who had robbed all these banks in Ireland wanted to finally tell his story, having spent um, quite a large portion of his life in prison. And you sit there, you look at that, you go, well, this is a bit too easy, isn't it? Um, And then you meet John and you discover it's not as easy as that. (laughs) um, That's how the story came. We sat down then, met John and, and started to talk through it. And I thought we would make an episode of a podcast, uh, you know, as we do in the Indo most days. And it quickly became clear there was a lot more to this. It's not just true crime. There's a lot of, I suppose, human um, elements to this story, both tragic and I suppose some, I guess, redemption at the end. But there's quite the timeline of events. Well, I suppose the fundamental question that the podcast must address is the one that you must get asked all the time, John, which is, why? Why? Um, it was the. It was a way out. It was a way out. Put simply, um, it was a way out of a, a lot of pain I was going through at the time. No coping mechanism, and it 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 seemed to unfold. That was just what happened. Um, and drugs were my my way out. So it was to fund a drug habit that you began to rob the banks. Was that it? Absolutely. Yeah. What got you into drugs? Because again, when I, when I listed the academic qualifications, there would be a sense that says, well, if a man has amassed that level of academic success, what he is going to do is oh, fairly that, yeah. easily get into a career that will yeah. pay him well. So where did that take a different turn at the why? Um, I suppose there was a, a slight hiatus in the in the studying. Um, 
because I was a little bit young to 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 further my education. I was looking to go down to Vincent's Hospital. Um, had a few years to waste, and I had been working as a courier. Um, been on the bike for years, and had very much enjoyed it. And said, "Okay, right, well, I have a few years to waste here. I'll set up my own business." And um, that's you know, about two years into that, then um, I had the accident, and um, things that was that's when things changed for me. The accident was as bizarre as it was tragic. You you hit a pedestrian who seemed fine and then wasn't. I did. I was uh, I was I was out one evening on the bike, uh, very busy um, rainy evening, and I hit a pedestrian. Yeah. And what happened? What happened? Um, I suppose uh, it's been described by some as my sliding door moment. Um, what happened um, was he. He had, he had taken a bump to the head, which I had um, ha, had at the time thought, okay, it's it, it's it's not too serious, um, but later transpired to be something very serious, um, and about a week later he, he passed away. And what effect did that have on you? It had a very serious effect. Um, quite numb for for some time after it. Um, you know, still thought, okay, this, 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 this is not the case. This can't be happening. Um, that changed actually very quickly when I think I was going into a customer's office one day and heard my name on the radio um, on Liveline, I believe it was. And then a few days after that, uh, one Sunday morning, very early, I was I was arrested. So um, my life changed very quick. Yeah. The the arrest did that lead to a prosecution? It, it it led to a prosecution. It was uh, in the form of a fine, so it was dropped ultimately. But I assume that the the lingering effect of it was significant in terms of your emotion, in terms of your mental health. Um, absolutely, yeah. Um, I suppose, like I said, I was hearing your name on the radio is a, is a very surreal thing. Um, being branded by the media, um, killer career. Um, um, yeah, that 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 was tough, and as I said, I, I, my my way out was was drug use. Uh, your drug of choice was what? My drug of choice was heroin, opiates, um, which later then, I suppose the the turning point was crack cocaine. So um, once crack cocaine became involved, the, it upped the ante very much. Um, it also upped the bill, and thus led to the banks. What's the bill like for somebody with a crack cocaine addiction? What does it cost to fund an addiction like that? No, you're, 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 it depends on the person. You're talking anything up to 500 to a couple of thousand a day. A day? A day, a day, yeah. For a bad habit, for a, for a chronic user, absolutely, yeah. Um, you be bear, bear in mind, Anton, um, you know, nowadays I see from RT documentaries that they're they're selling crack down in Temple Bar for as little as five euros, but in general it's fifty euros. It certainly was um, in my experience. So tell me about then the the spectrum that you went through of emotions in doing the robberies, because by the time you've done sixteen, you're a seasoned hand. But the first one must be deeply intimidating, is it? Is it scary? It is, yeah. You're, you're, you're absolutely, you're, you're crapping yourself, yeah. You're, you're, you're really, you know. And um, the moment you, 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 you walk over a doorway of a bank um, with, with a gun in your hand, be it imitation or not, you're, you, you know, everything changes. That's it. Everything changes. So, um, yeah, I became seasoned um, as time went on. But yeah, that first one was sticking in your head. Tell me about the last one then. What was that like? 
The last one um, occurred um, about eight months after the first one. Um, was, was that, was you robbed 16 banks in eight months? In our round, Kevin can probably be the one here to confirm that. Yeah, I think he, was, he knows more about me than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would expect a news editor to have these kind of details close at hand. But, Roughly around well, What's interesting, yeah, part of the process of the, the, the podcast was actually uncovering a lot of John's story from, from him because he was using drugs so heavily. So he was ultimately charged with robbing 14 banks, attempted robbery at another and attempted robbery on a news agent. Um, and yeah, the, the last one was Ulster Bank in Ranala, where finally he was undone by two bank tellers who basically alerted Gardaí. There was Gardaí stationed on banks all over Dublin by this stage, waiting, anticipating that banks in Dublin were being robbed all the time and that there was a lone raider, uh, as he was known to the Gardaí. Um, so they were waiting for him. Did, did they catch you in the bank? They waited. They, they, they caught me at the door in a, in a, um, a haze of red smoke, a red dye pack. That went off in the bag, was that it? Yeah. Was it a relief to get caught? Ultimately, yes, yes. Yeah. But not at the time? Not at the time, no. During that uh, period, because obviously I know people listening will wonder about mm. this, did you use violence? Did you hurt anybody? Absolutely not, no. And was it always done with toy gun and note? Was that always, the... always, yeah. Um, perhaps I think that at some point the note was dropped. Um, but yeah, um, never, never anything more. Now, John, you'll have to forgive me talking about you in your presence, but I'm going to for a minute. Kevin, you said at the start that this was a story of redemption. We've we've got the descent. What's the redemption in your view before I get it from John's view? Yeah, well, a couple of things stood out to me. One is, as John said, the sliding doors moment. So, you know, anyone listening to this, have you ever cycled down a one-way street or cycled past a red light because you're on your bike or have you ever been in your car and glanced for a second or replied okay thumbs up emoji um, on it to a text message when you're driving it's that kind of moment that twisted here and it's worth remembering that there's a family Roger Handy's family who lost someone and their pain in all of this is is so much larger I think than anybody else's in terms of the redemption John goes to jail um Spends, uh, he, he was originally sentenced to quite a short sentence that ended up being 12 years um, and that was reduced um, a little bit for, for uh, as normally happens with those things. The redemption, I think, is the fact that now, after all that, he's finally speaking about it. Uh, he's working again. Um, but the challenges he found to get to the point where he could speak about it, I sometimes said when we sat down recording for the podcast, it was a bit like a therapy session. I came away at the end going, I want, I want to be a psychologist. But the challenges that are there to prisoners, Anton, to actually make something of themselves after being in prison. Like, just, I'll just give you one stat. In prison, I'll give you two stats. 70% of people in Irish prisons have a drug problem. Um, a lot of that is related to mental health, as it was in John's case. There is one psychiatrist for every 257 prisoners who need help. So that is what the system is churning out in terms of how they're trying to rehabilitate people. So given all John's education and opportunities in life and a good family and all the rest that he had, the fact that it's taken him 10 years post-prison to actually start to put his life together again, that for me is the redemption. But I think it also shows the level of challenges that I don't think John's a normal prisoner. So if we call other people more normal prisoners, um, I think, I don't know how they, uh, 
they can find a path back to normal society. Because I assume as well there is an employment stigma that, that follows you out of uh, prison, John, that when you, you go to people and say, why is there a, an eight-year gap in the CV? Yeah, I mean, every, every time you're, you, 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 you encounter a, a new situation where a new individual, somebody you might meet, um, but certainly anything you know, approaching a CV, looking for, for a place to live, you know, you, you, you have an option. Do I, do I tell? Or do, do I say nothing? Um, and, and either of those will have consequences. Um, one whereby you'll just not hear something back, or the other, you, you'll possibly be, you know, you end up back in another circle. You've broken the law again. What has uh, what has caused you to decide to speak publicly? Because you you said earlier that hearing your name on the radio was one of the things that precipitated sure. the real decline for you. So what has caused you to say, okay, I'll put myself in a position where my name is going to be heard a lot more? Sure, good question. Um, it's not been an easy process. Um, Kevin will will, will will verify that. Um, in fact, I think in the early days of the pod. Um, he, he, he just as much said, I think it was, he was like a dentist pulling teeth. You know, it was a difficult experience for me. Um, I had become weary of hiding, Anton. Um, and I also feel I have, I've gone through the system. I've had things slightly different to other people. I've had, an ins- I have had insights that um, I, I need to bring to the fore. I need to, I need, I need to question and I need to publicly question. You know, um, issues that are very much in the public eye at the moment. Now, let me devil's advocate it because again, there will be those who will listen to your story and who will say the um, trauma that you originally went through and the guilt that would have gone with the uh, event, whether or not it was mm. uh, directly, whether it was deliberately caused or not, the guilt is the same. Sure. There were people who said, well, look, Lots of people suffer those kind of things and they can suffer them without going to drugs. There are lots of people who have addictions and they can suffer those addictions without going to bank robbery. So what do you say to that? That within that as difficult as all of this might have been, it was all within your control and these were choices that you made? Uh, well, I, 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 I challenge that, absolutely. Um, I think everybody um, deals with pain in, in their own very individual way. Yeah, I think it's. I think it would be. It's a, that to make that as a statement, I think is, is is crazy that you 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 ought to behave this way in a traumatic situation. We behave very differently uh, under under stress and under uh, under trauma. Um, so that was, as I say, that was my way out. Um, it was, it, you know, the the accident was a. It was like it had a butterfly effect. Absolutely. Um, and that ended ultimately with me in a prison cell, in uh, you know, in a, in a concrete room uh, for six years. So you know, um, it, it 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 was a coping mechanism, but that didn't necessarily mean it. It it, it was an easy one, but it it worked in so far as I'm still here and I'm talking to you. Now, talk to me about the end result of those because you, the three things that you described: the original um, accident and the effect that it had on you. Mm. A, a significant drug addiction and the effect that that had on you and then a six-year uh, prison sentence. Any one of those individual things you would expect to have a lasting psychological legacy on somebody. What effect has the three of them had on you? Um, it's, it, it, it's, it's had a lot, a lot, of, a, a lot of effect on me, um, which obviously I, I'd, I'd go into in, in, in the pod. Um... um it, it it set me back. It's, it's to put it very uh, quickly. It set me back. Um, it took another few years. It took me six years in prison, um, incarcerated. But then th- this time after, so you might be able to take the man out of prison, but can you take the prison 
out of the man. And, you know, that takes years and years to get out of your head, to get out of that self-limiting beliefs, to, to actually ha have a sense of legitimacy in the world. Kevin's pointed out, I've, I, I, you know, I, I studied for years, studied while I, whilst I was in prison. I, I did another master's in prison. All of that meant nothing. It doesn't matter if you, your head space is one of which I am guilty and I will always be guilty. Um, you know, that's, that, 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 that limits you in every way. There is obviously a lot to unpack and it can't be unpacked in a, a relatively tight interview on the Anton Savage Show. It is unpacked on the podcast, so if you want to hear the detail of it, the podcast is I'm Not Here to Hurt You. It is hosted by Kevin Doyle and the central figure in it is, of course, John O'Hegarty. Kevin, John, thank you both very much. Great. Thanks, Anton. Anton, thanks. The Anton Savage Show with Nifty Business. Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.